Welcome to Leadership Speaking Radio. This is episode number 47. Leaders and teams beware. All that glitters is not gold. I'm your host, Dr. Laura Penn, speaking arts and leadership communication expert and founder of the Leadership Speaking School. Based in Switzerland and traveling the world, I transform leaders and teams into authentic communicators of the digital age, empowering them to speak with impact, authenticity, and human connection to any audience, any time. To find out more about my work, I welcome you to visit my website at www.theleadershipspeakingschool, that's all one word, dot com. Now, Let's get straight into our show. Ladies and gentlemen, today I am going to do a combo, combination reading from an article that I have just published in LinkedIn, and combination riffing in between the lines. There are going to be things that are going to fill me with something, and I'm just going to let it all out here in this episode. How does that sound? Are you all ready to go? Yes, I am. So again, this is a article that I have published on LinkedIn. The title is Leaders and Teams Beware. All that glitters is not gold. Here comes my read riff. There are times in your professional life when you get a kick up the rear and fall down. Someone or something creeps up behind you and shoves you one. Not being prepared, you stumble and fall forward. Once on the ground, you have one of two choices. Lay there in a puddle of self-pity and doubt and become immobilized. Or stand up, dust yourself off, and get back to work. Or write a LinkedIn article. Although often tempted to choose the first option because it's the easiest, I always end up choosing option number two. This choice gives you your power back because, after all, you are the conductor of the symphony of your life, not external forces that kick you up the rear. Needless to say, I was recently knocked down by a surprising adversary. New technology. Call it AI, call it a thingamajig, or call it a shiny object with levers and buttons that roar, clonk, and bonk. This thing won a bid for a lucrative teaching gig that I was in the running for. The brief was to deliver public speaking skills training to a prominent organization. Its leaders needed rapid upskilling in the craft so they could show up as the best versions of themselves in front of their diverse audiences. This is a typical scenario for what I do and who I work with. But this time, something very, very different happened. In the letter explaining why I didn't get the gig, I was told that they were looking for someone who would, quote, integrate technology and the new trendy ways of analyzing public speaking for every individual, end quote. I'm not a sore loser. I don't mind losing a bid to someone else who has the same or better qualifications than I do, but I do mind losing it to something else. Now among us is cutting-edge technology that can measure things like your speaking speed, how many pauses you make, the number of ums you speak, and even the pitch and timber of your tone to measure your mood. 
Cool metrics for anyone who wants to measure oratory variables laboratory style in research conditions. No problem with that at all. But what I'm not convinced about is that these, quote, trendy ways of analyzing public speaking, end quote, let's just call them gadgets, actually transform people into better public speakers. At best, these gadgets can be useful for unskilled trainers to identify what oratory elements should be worked on. For example, the data can reveal if the speaker is within an average range or whether they are outliers, like if they're speaking too fast or too slow or they have too many ums or other sound fillers, etc., etc. With unskilled trainers running the machinery, a company that offers, quote, public speaking training can scale because it's the machines that paint the picture and suggest solutions, not the skills and qualifications of the trainers. On the flip side, although the data recorded is interesting on an intellectual level, hmm, the problem is that it is superficial and cosmetic, and it doesn't address the root of the speaking imperfection. This root always stems from within. For example, telling someone who speaks too fast to speak slower is a short-term band-aid solution. They may be able to slow down to please the trainer in rehearsal, but to break their habit of speaking too fast, they have to rewire themselves. This takes time, and the work is in determining why they speak so fast in the first place. Are they anxious? Do they feel unprepared? Do they have imposter syndrome? For lasting change and for authentic transformation, the work must come from within. If they are anxious, they must learn how to warm up to prepare themselves for the speaking performance so that they come in feeling more present than anxious. If they feel unprepared, they must learn the art of rehearsal which will bring them to a place of comfort with their speaking and will reduce their anxiety. And finally, if they have imposter syndrome, they have to do the work of becoming empowered and learn how to dare to be remarkable. These fixes are long-term and lasting, and they work. Furthermore, using gadgets to learn how to speak in public makes the speaker dependent on an external source of control. Think about it. When you're actually in front of a real audience, there won't be any gadgets there telling you how things are going. You're on your own. To be totally honest with you, the artisan in me recoils at the thought of learning a skill like public speaking through metrics with different colored peaks and modulations displayed on a computer screen. In my playbook, it's embodied learning that is the secret sauce. Feeling, doing, and being the work. Trusting your body to tell you about all of the nuances that you need to be aware of regarding your speaking performance. Modulating how you breathe to power your voice. Shifting the angle of your head to reach a state of authentic presence. Moving your feet into the right position and unlocking your knees in order to feel grounded and in control of your body using the resonators of your face to project sound and so much more. You hone the craft of public speaking by living it with your whole being over time. Your body is the gadget. The adage, 
Give a man a fish and you feed him for a day, teach a man to fish and you feed him for a lifetime is relevant here. Give a person a technological fix to help improve public speaking and you help them for a day. Teach them the craft of public speaking using the whole body and you empower them for a lifetime. My advice? Be aware of shiny objects which promise you instant results and polish you up with superficial shine. The shine wears off the very next day and you'll be right back to where you started. That's the end of the article. Now a little bit of riffing. Did that trigger anybody? Did that make you feel a certain something I don't know what? I wrote this in a fever of creative explosion after my rejection. It was my, you know, pull myself up by the seat of my pants and get back to work mindset. And these words just flew out of my fingers as I was typing them. It feels good to release this way. We are living in a really interesting time where extraordinary technology is pouring in through every direction. And people who have been tinkering in labs and workshops for years and years are finally bringing their work out into the open and introducing it to the world. And I've noticed that more and more of these kind of technological studying public speaking skills companies have come out and I praise their work. Look, there isn't a bad bone about that in my body. I praise people who want to take a skill like public speaking to the next level. But what I have a problem with is that people feel in the first place that this is a skill that you can mechanize, that you can automate, that you can make into a, a digital form. True, there are certain things that you can count and create data out of, but also true that this is something that is a soul-based skill, a body-based skill. And it frustrates me and it irritates me that people think that they can learn how to speak in front of audiences by using these mechanical solutions. I think you get that from, from the article that I just shared. And, you know, if anything, if, if I imagine myself being analyzed by something like this, as I'm rehearsing for a keynote speech, for example, I imagine myself in contraction, right? So I've got these gadgets around me. Maybe there's something I'm plugged into. I'm standing or sitting heaven forbid, in a space that makes me contract and not breathe. And there I am speaking under this kind of artificial pressure. And what's going to happen to my presence? What is going to happen to my voice? What is happening to my body? And where is the audience connection? I can tell you what's going to happen to my presence. My presence will be in contraction. I will feel smaller. When I am feeling smaller, my body will shrink. My hands will be to my sides or maybe I'll cross them. My feet will stay close together. My knees will be locked. And you know what happens next. What your body does, your voice does. So if my body is in this kind of physical lockdown, my voice cannot move freely through my body. My voice will be blocked, locked. And it will sound mechanical. Add on top of that that there's this thing, maybe it's bleeps or wavy lines or whatever it is that I'm looking at at the computer screen and it's telling me, oh, you said another um. 
you, ooh, you, you know, you had a long pause. Ooh, you must be feeling X, Y, and Z because your tone, whatever, right? Like, what is that doing to, to my talking? <laughs> what is that doing to my performance? It's taking the air out of the room. It's going to make me feel like I'm being watched by digital eyeballs. And I'm not going to relax. If you have followed any of my work in these podcast episodes or read anything that I've written in all the places that I've published things, you know that tension is the enemy of connection. I also like to say that tension is the enemy of your voice. And in this context, yeah, that's going on. (laughs) Tension is everywhere. So if anything, you be a breathless, fully tense, not present contracted communicator at this point. And that just doesn't serve the words that you are going to be speaking. That doesn't improve you as a public speaker. It makes you more anxious, I would guess. Now, there might be those of you out there who do this technology. And again, hats off for the fact that you're trying to move the needle here. But I am telling you this from an artisanal point of view, that this is a skill that really should be done fully from the body, fully from the trust and confidence that the body knows what to do and that you are teaching yourself inside of that. And I I like to use the example, you know, if you try to do this to a public speaker and analyze ums and pauses and so on, it's like trying to analyze a dancer through recording the movements that she is making and then maybe saying, feeding back, well, you know, your left little finger was too much to the outside of the body and it wasn't the right position. That's not how the dancer is going to learn. She has to do it with her pinky finger and feel it. There has to be a body-mind relationship there where the body is learning what the appendages of itself are doing, how they are tensed or flexed, where the breath is. And in the dancing example, What is the angle of the ankle or the toes? Are the knees locked or are they softened? What is happening in the hips? This is the same for any performing art form. Music, dance, theater, speaking. And I challenge this, as you have heard by now. I wouldn't even touch it from an investment point of view. And I certainly wouldn't want to use this kind of technique to train people that I'm responsible for. Because if you give a man a fish, they'll know how to fish for a day. If you teach them how to fish, they'll be able to fish for a lifetime. You've just lost some cash and some time and some valuable resources. It's shiny. It's attractive. It looks cool and new, but it doesn't teach you public speaking. It would be really interesting to do an experiment with a control group of people who don't use this technique and then have in the other group people who use this technique. They'd have to be at a similar level of knowledge of public speaking. And then, you know, to see what the difference is would be fascinating. Is there a difference? And is that difference significant? From my expertise and from where I stand... Even with my science uh, hat on, I would say that you are not going to improve your speaking skills by using gadgets. The gadget is your body. There is no silver bullet or shortcut. Just like if you're learning how to ski, 
There is no shortcut to learn how to ski. <laughs> you know, Ooh, I've got this gadget that can measure, you know, the angle of your turns. No, we've all seen, for those of us who are skiers, we've all seen in the slopes, those people with their jackets wide open, they're not wearing a helmet, their poles are all over the place, and they're pretty much going straight down the hill. Those people do not have the craft of skiing. They do not complete their turns. They don't understand the angles that are important. They don't know how to carve. Those people can't use technology to improve their skiing. Those people have to spend more time in the piste, and they have to fall, and they have to get back up again, and they have to learn what to do with their bodies. All the micro gestures, from what their knees are doing, how their hips are aligned, to how they are leaning forward or backwards or to the side, into the slope, out of the slope, all of that is the craft of skiing. And that, to me, is the same as what I'm talking about here related to public speaking, that it's about the body, and there's no shortcut to learning it. So I think you've probably heard enough of that message <laughs> by now. I hope I've scared you away from the shiny objects. I hope I've given you food for thought. You know, it's important to know about these things. If you're curious, of course, you should try things out. If you want to know more about that kind of technology because you're intrigued, I don't want to hold you back from that. But I do want you to go in there with the knowledge that this is a band-aid short-term solution for a longer-term learning experience. Okay, how about that? That is the big takeaway. Oh, and you know what? While I remember it, there was this woman who approached me at an event once and she says, oh, I have this great gadget. It's an app that you can download on your smartphone it can measure the tone of your voice, how many pauses you make, the speed and timbre, basically everything that I've just described, you know, in, in the public speaking technology gadget. And this is an app. And I was like, aha, uh -huh, uh -huh, thank you for telling me that. She's like, yeah, you should really try it. It could help you out. And then I said, can I see what it looks like? And she showed me and it was a bunch of, you know, wavy lines and different colors and red dots that were blinking. And I thought, there is no way in hell that I would imagine myself working in rehearsal and looking at this gadget and relying on this thing to tell me how I'm doing with my speaking. Give me a mirror. Give me a voice memo recording that I can record my voice on. Or give me a video camera that I can film myself on. And don't do that, by the way. If you are a beginner level speaker, it's going to blow your mind in the wrong way. Give me, in other words, other ways for me to interpret myself without this messy, stressy gadget. Give me ways to see myself, to feel myself, and to be myself where I learn myself, not through an external source. So I really am done talking about this now. <laughs> Thank you for listening. I hope you have some good takeaways for yourself, some food for thought, and some inspiration, and also some, some gratitude for how amazing your body is. Your body rocks. It is your ally in all things. It wants you to succeed and it supports you in everything that you do. When you learn the art and craft of public speaking, your body is the gadget. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that's all for now. I look forward to the next time I talk to you. Until then, take care of yourself and take care of others. And I'll talk to you soon.